What's going on, guys? My name is Bob. I want to welcome you guys to the Tower of Fitness Podcast. Today's the first time joining us. We want to say welcome. Today, we're doing something different. We got our first guest on. And like I said in the previous episodes, his name is Darnell Hinton, and he is the owner, operator of a charity foundation called Teach One, Feed One. So today, we're going to talk about his story. Brian, why don't you give us a little background on what we're going to talk about? All right, guys. So episode nine coming at you. Teach One, Feed One. So Teach One, Feed One is a nonprofit charitable organization that oriented in the Kensington section of Philadelphia. The mission of this charity is to change the world one Sunday at a time. They set out to help those who suffer from addiction. They are on a mission to help eliminate the stigma attached with addiction and challenging the way this disease is approached. Today we have the owner, Darnell, with us to tell us his story. Welcome, should be good awesome. Uh, so, first of all, I just wanted to say thank you guys for having me here. Thanks, Bobby, for letting me come on. It's uh, a pleasure. pleasure to have you on here, man. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, yeah, Teach One, Feed One, uh, like I, like he said, is a uh, nonprofit organization. Um, and what we do is we help people suffering from the disease of addiction or alcoholism maintain sustained sobriety. Um, our mission is everything that we do. We believe in eliminating the stigma attached with addiction. Uh, we believe in uh, bold actions and innovative thinking. Um, and we work endlessly to humanize those suffering from the disease of addiction. Um, and essentially, uh, you know, remove the stigma attached with addiction and, you know, uh, eliminate or decrease the number of families that will experience the horrors mine and millions of other families have. Um, addiction is something that's. Uh, something that has affected me personally. It's something that has affected and still does affect my brother personally. Um, and with that being said, it's affected uh, my entire family. So it's something that's really close to my heart. And when we started the operation in June, um, it was something that, and it's still something that I'm really passionate about. And um, we've had a lot of success. Um, and it's just been you know, really humbling to be able to help other people. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, guys, like we talk about a lot on our previous podcast, we all go through a lot of different struggles, and it's the way we get through them, how we do it, and who we bring with us that's going to make us better in the long run. That's why we got Darnell on here today. He went through a dark history in his own, and now he's using his own, um, what do say, his own, experiences to help others become better so darnell you said you started your podcast (laughs) you said you started your foundation in june so Mm -hmm. you've been on eight six eight months now how's it feel to grow and keep helping people out um it feels awesome it feels awesome man um when we first started we just started out handing actually to be honest with you it just started out as um an idea so um i was sitting in group um, and my counselor asked me, he asked everyone what they were going to do this weekend. Um, and when he got to me, I said, you know, I'm going to go to Kensington and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to feed the homeless. And everyone kind of looked at me with like this kind of, um, yeah, like you're crazy. Like, like I was crazy. Yeah. Kind of look on my face. And some yeah. people looked at me like, yeah, that's really admirable. Like, that's really, that's really kind of you. Um, and that idea came from, that was something that I was going back and forth in my mind about for, I want to say months, even like years at that point like hey you know this is something I really want to do I was just never in a position to be able to do it um and I was kind of you know afraid what people might think and afraid what afraid in my own self like that I might fail or might not be able to um do exactly what I wanted to do or the way I wanted to do it so I kind of just said listen um, should try it out first yeah I'm just gonna go from there I'm just gonna go for it I'm just gonna go for it you know how many people say they want to do stuff like that and they don't and exactly a lot of people try and piggyback on other people doing that and yeah just 100%. to do that for yourself yo it's awesome it's amazing because i'm sure when you were going through a little bit of your dark times back in the day you probably wish some people helped you out too, of course didn't. of course so what i want was, to give what was the biggest aspect like what finally gave you the kick in the ass to uh to do it like i said yeah like i <laughs> um i finally was just like you know, I was sitting in group and he, he went around. It literally happened just like this. He went around. He asked everyone what they were going to do this weekend. Like, are you going to go to the mall? Are you going to go? Like, what are you going to do? 
And I just said, I'm going to go to Kensington and I'm going to feed the homeless. <laughs> yeah, at, at that point, it just became, yeah, at that it, point it, it just became, and it had, to, put, it had to happen. I said it, and then I actually put a post on Instagram. And I said, I need, I'm looking for uh, one or two people to come to Kensington with me and help me feed the homeless. That was the first week we did it. People were like, what's this guy doing? Yeah. And then at that point, you know, like I said, I was, I got rid of my fear to, you know, about what other people might think. Oh, who's this guy I think he is? Who's yeah. He? You know, he thinks he's some big shot trying to go feed the homeless. He's trying to, like, appear a certain way on Instagram and look like he's this nice guy on it. Like, yeah. I stopped the fear of that, and I stopped, you know, my own fears of trying to do something and it not coming out the way that I wanted it to, to come out. Or um, I got rid of all that, and I just said, listen, I'm just going to go for it, um, and I'm just going to trust that it's all going to work out. Um, and then from there, you know, it went from an idea of going and handing out pizzas to people in Kensington um, to, you know, today turning into a business. Um, and, you know, it all just came through, um, consistency, um, and people contributing yeah. and people believing in our mission, um, and people contributing, um, that really came together and, you know, made everything possible for us. Yeah. So now you're talking about, you were in your own experience with this. So what actually happened in your life yeah. that made you want to do this? So, um, when I was in college, um, I actually uh, got addicted to uh, oxycodone, which is um, the technical terminology for Percocet. So when people have a back injury, when people have, you know, a leg yeah. injury or they experience mm -hmm. any kind of pain, um, a doctor will usually prescribe them some form of Percocet or some form of painkiller. Um, when you don't take those, when you don't have an injury and you don't take those, it gives you somewhat of a euphoric feeling. Um, some people like it. Some people don't like it. Um, it's not for everybody, but the way my body reacted to it was it made me feel good. It made me, it took away my inhibitions. Um, it took away um, my feelings. Um, it made me like not uh, think about uh, things that were going on you in my life. Felt more relaxed. And felt more relaxed. Stress-free. Stress yeah. um, and I didn't have to like, I felt like I didn't have to like think about things, um, all my feelings. I didn't like to deal with my feelings. So like, so kind of hit, hit everything from, yeah. it suppresses your feelings kind of in a way. Um, and it makes you okay with doing things that you're not usually okay with doing. So yeah. I like that in a way. And that process went on since I was started when I was about, I want to say tw 1920. And that process went on for like the next seven seven or eight years and in and out of you know nine or ten rehabilitation facilities so yeah. so you, your own experience wants you to kind of help people not do the same thing mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome so what so made after, you real yeah what if, after the last time that you were in and out of the uh rehab centers mm -hmm. what finally made that turnaround so for me um it was a, a couple things um i had had enough um i had experienced enough pain um in my life where you know, I said, listen, like, I really want to make a change. And, you know, it, it really all comes down to you. Like, if the individual isn't ready to change, then they're, they're not going to change. So um, you just have to want it, to be honest with you. You just have to want to do better for yourself, and you just have to want to change. And um, I did. Like, I just wanted I wanted, I wanted, wanted better for myself, and I wanted, you know, I knew I had more to offer than, um, you know, being in and out of treatment facilities for you know, the, now the was there anyone years. that had uh, a positive effect on trying to get you back on track? Trying yeah, to get like you where like you are. What you're doing? Did you have anyone that's doing what you did to people that helped you, or was it just kind of like you? No, I don't want to say it was just me, but th there was like your family helped you. Yeah, but any so, like outsiders? No, not, not not necessarily any outsiders, but you know, I get my, um, you know, I got a lot of uh you know, motivation or, you know, encouragement and things of that nature from family and close friends and, yeah. you know, other people that have no idea that they affected me, just watching them from afar and just saying like, wow, man, that's really inspirational. Wow. That's really powerful what you're doing. And, um, you know, they have no idea that they touched me in a way that, you know, inspired me to do yeah. things that they have no idea about right now. Now, when you went to change to become better, what was like your first step that you did? What was one of the first things that you remember helping you get through it to making you realize, you know, like you said, I'm much I'm much more than this. I need to be better. So how do you go about changing that? Because I know it could be very difficult to change your mindset there. Yeah. So do you mean like once I got out of treatment or? So when you were, what made you want to go to treatment? What made you realize like 
Because I know you're not going to wake up. that whole yeah, well, You're not going to wake up one day. Yeah. Or did you just wake up like, you know what? My family's not doing good. I need to change. Mm-hmm. So, like, what, what was there a moment that happened to you? Something that, that made you realize, you know, like, it's going to keep getting worse from here. I need to be better. So, yeah, to be honest with you, um, you know, genuinely, each time I went to treatment, so I've been to treatment nine times. Each time I went, when I got out, I genuinely tried to stay clean. Like, I genuinely gave it, you know, a... Um, a real effort to stay sober and you know life just happens and relapse is a part of sobriety like anyone in sobriety will tell you like relapse is a part of it very few people go to rehab one time they get out and they stay clean for the rest of their lives some people do um it's just it's very far and few that that happens so um i tried to stay clean um you know those other eight times um but life came about you know stress um jobs you know, that leads to stress, money that leads to stress, um, being in the wrong situation with the wrong people, um, not staying consistent with things that you're supposed to do in sobriety. All those things are like a culmination that, you know, lead you to eventually relapse. Um, this most recent time, um, I had began doing things and, you know, being in places and doing things that, you know, I had said I would never do in my life. Like I would essentially, uh, you know, um, look at, not judge, but, you know, look at people and say kind of, wow, like he's doing this. I'll never do that. And this person's doing this. I can't justifying it. Like I know I'm bad, but at least I'm not doing what this guy's doing. And all those things that I said I would never do, I started checking off on my checklist and it really took me, you know, uh, to look in the mirror at myself and say, wow, like look at what you've become. And like, I couldn't imagine this when I was 12, 15 yeah. years old. You know, as a kid, like I said, I, I I would never be that person. And now I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, you are that person. So you need to do something about it. Yeah, so it's kind of like slapping your own face for reality check. Like, yeah. I need to change. Exactly. Yeah. And it all comes back to the whole stress situation. Like what we went through, yeah. dealing with losing a parent and everything like that, not knowing what people would say and everything like that, comes down to <clears throat> stress. Mm-hmm. Everyone has it. and. Yeah. That was one of our podcasts was how to deal with stress in a proper way. Yeah, some people deal with it one way, some people deal with the other. So, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that relate to your story that are going to hear something like this and see what you're doing now. And they'll be like, man, I could be like that. Right. That's why I love what you're doing because I had family members that have been in your situation as well. And they didn't get out. They're still in there or they might not be alive now. And, you know, you don't want to end up like that. So right. to see you see the change in yourself and help other people, man, it's awesome. Yeah, I'd say that's a nice thing to see for once because, I mean, people know my line of work from the last podcast and everything like that. I deal with the addiction and everything out on the streets of Philadelphia all the time. And, I mean, I'd rather see someone helping them than having to put cuffs and shit on them and take them away. Mm. Yeah, so um, it's been nice to really, you know, to be in a position to to help people and – be able to relate to people um, and let them know that, you know, I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to make you feel any type of way. Um, you know, I'm here to help you. I've been where you are. I've been where you've been um, personally. So there's nothing that you can say to me that's, you know, that's going to make me look at you because people kind of hear the word, you know, addict or alcohol, alcoholic, and they kind of, um, it's not under the rug. Not not really sweep it under the rug, but there's kind of like a uh, there's a stigma attached to it. So it's like a bad thing. People hear the word alcoholic or an addict, and they think of a 40 year old man with no teeth, brown paper bag, sitting outside of a bar, and that's just not the image today. People that are going through this, that are suffering from this, they look like you. They look like you. They look like me. They're young. They're young men. They're young women. They're people that are in high school. They're people that are in college. They're people that are, you know, black, white you know, Spanish, they're people of all races and all colors. And this is something that's affecting everyone right now. And people, a lot of people in, you know, the world really, it's something that the world really doesn't have an answer on how to deal with. Like there's no solid answer on this is what you need to do to fix this. And um, it's affecting everyone. It's, it's not immune to anyone. There's lawyers, doctors, senators, daughters. And, you know, that's why it's gaining the attention that it's gaining today because Now let me ask you everyone. this. Now, there's a bunch of people out there that says uh, addiction is not a disease and everything mm-hmm. like that. No one forced you to put the needle in your arm right. or the pill in your mouth and stuff right. like that. When someone says that to you, what 
what kind of response do you have for them? Um, I I say it's it's tough to um, for someone to I guess understand what it's like to go through that um, until you go through it yourself. Um, even if you have someone that's close to you that's going through it, you you know uh, you might have an idea, but you still never have gone through it yourself. Um, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. Uh, I'm not going to claim to be a scientist or a doctor. <laughs> I'm not that. I'm not that smart, quite honestly. But all I can say is, um, is I've been to treatment, uh, you know, a good amount of times. So I've been around a lot of people um, who are suffering the same way I'm suffering. From I've never met these people a day in my lives, and their stories sound the exact same as my story sound. Um, I ask them how they feel when they use drugs. They say the same thing. I ask them how they feel, um, you know, leading up to doing drugs or how their life was leading up. And everything sounds similar. Um, all I know is, for me, um, when I put uh, drugs into my system, they tell you that it's an allergy of the body and the mind. So um, you have an allergic reaction to when you put drugs in your system. So my body reacts differently than someone who is not an addict or who is not an alcoholic does when they put drugs into their system. So there's an, an allergic reaction, which essentially goes off in your body and your body just wants or needs more of it. So it craves uh, it. It craves it. There's a phenomenon of craving um, then that someone who's not an addict or an alcoholic would not experience. Like I said, I'm not a doctor. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, no. I'm I not a scientist, but I fully believe me personally, I fully believe that it's a that it is a disease. Now, it's a choice to put drugs into your body in the first place. That's a choice to to ultimately say. No one forced me to say, "Hey, I'm going to try Percocets." Yeah. That that wasn't a, that wasn't you know that was a choice of mine. However, once I did put it in my system, um, I didn't ask. For more to yeah I didn't well I didn't your body's kind of like it was like sugar you need more exactly I didn't ask to you know to have this disease where I put something in my body and then somehow my body reacts differently than yours does and I need it and you don't like I didn't ask for that like I just tried it like any other innocent kid and it didn't start with that it started with you know like any other person the red solo cup and you know a blunt and eventually that led to other things and you know, my body reacted differently from it. So once you begin, you know, yeah, that's a choice. I chose to pick up weed. I chose to start drinking. I chose to try other drugs, but I didn't choose to become an addict. That kind of just happened. Um, it's already hardwired in. And some people and say... It's something that you don't know that you have until well, it actually happens. Yeah, some people say you're genetically disposed to it too. So, you know, why is it that some people, why is it, is it just coincidence that, you know, People who are addicts or alcoholics also have. There's also a um, a good chance of that being, you know, their dad were their their parents were addicts or alcoholics or their grandfathers were addicts or their brother. Like my brother suffers from the same thing. My mom's father suffers from the same thing. Like is that just coincidence yeah, or is like that just genes or something like exactly. that? It's like all other diseases. So what you said. Yeah. Yeah. So now that you're helping people out, what's your favorite part about helping them out? So my favorite part about helping people out, man, is to just, uh, you know, give people hope and let people know, um, show them something in themselves, show them something that they can't see in themselves. So like, listen, I know where you're at, you know, I see that you're struggling, but, you know, I see more in you um, and you have a lot more to live for and you have a lot more to offer to this world than what you're giving yeah. to this world right now. Like you sitting outside laying on this brown box um, with this blanket that, you know, you found in a trash can. Like, this is not what you were destined to do. Like, you have a lot more to offer than yeah. what you're giving the world right now. It's like they feel like they're on the bottle. Exactly. You're trying to give them hope. Exactly. And then once they realize, like, you are going to keep helping them, it probably feels amazing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and my second part of, uh, my second favorite part of doing this, I guess, is um, just to show people that, you know, it's possible, like, you know, what I'm doing and what my our organization is doing is a living testament that like, listen, like if I can do it, you can do it. Like if you don't think you can get clean, like I promise you, you can yeah. get clean. Like I was where you were like, and I'm doing something a lot, you know, I'm doing something where I was a year ago is yeah. not where I'm at now. So like yeah. all this happened in less than a year, like you can do it too. Yeah. Like, it's like you relate because 
when you were going through it, you felt like you were at the bottom of it. Yeah, and there's then, no magic recipe. Yeah, there's no secret wrong. potion. Like yep. there's no, there is no like, um, you know, magic juju juice that I you know drank and then just decided yeah. that this just came about. Like no, you can do the exact same thing. And I think you know what's cool is because I'm sure like when you were going through it, you felt like you didn't have a lot of support. So for you to be there helping people to show that they have support, it might kickstart them to change earlier. Yeah. So uh, has, sure. has anyone come up to you and said uh, what you've been doing actually changed their aspect, changed their life? What do you mean? Like when you're down in Kensington and everything and you're handing out the food or trying to get people into shelters and stuff mm-hmm. like that, has any of them come back to you guys and Absolutely. said, thank you for what you've done for All me. the time. And all the time. We get that. about change for them. All the time. I get that, uh, those type of uh compliments all the time and people you know compliment people from our organization i have a whole like um section on my instagram page on my facebook page and on on my website um it's under testimonials and people who have just people that i've never even met before that have just like messaged me and say like listen I, I you know i don't know you um but i came about your page from someone that you know we're mutual friends with i just want to let you know that you know my dad's an alcoholic or my dad's an addict and what you're doing is, you know, admirable and it's honorable. And, you know, I just wish um, that someone was there for my father like you are for these people because he could have really used that. Uh, people reach out and they say, hey, you know, I'm an addict myself. And this is the best compliment I can get is when people reach out to me and they say, hey, um, I don't know you, but, you know, I'm an addict myself. And for the longest time, I've been so afraid to you know, be honest with my past and let people know that, you know, I am an addict and I do suffer from this. But after seeing your page, you inspired me so much just to, you know, share with the world that this is me. Um, I'm not ashamed of it anymore. Um, This is a disease. Um, And, you know, your page really inspired me to just come out and say, you know, this is me and I'm not going to be afraid to share it with people and just, um, you know, live my life in fear of judgment from other people or that they're going to, you know, judge that I am an addict. Um, Or when people say, hey, you know, um, I've read your story. I don't know you, but I seen your story on Instagram. I came about it. And because of your story, uh, you inspired me. Like I've been so afraid to, you know, start my business and I've been so afraid that I'm going to fail and do what I really want to do what I'm really set out to do. But after reading your story and how you came from nothing, I, you know, I'm, I'm putting all that to the side and I decided I'm going to start my own business. Like when I hear that kind of stuff, yeah, it's, like, awesome. it's awesome. It's awesome. It's hey, you awesome. Know, it's because it's the beginning, so you're just helping people. Yeah, it's awesome. Like hearing people come up to you and say you're just helping change their life and you don't even know. Exactly. There's nothing better than that. Yeah. You know, cause it's like an uplifting effect. Yeah, mm-hmm. like your whole goal is to make a difference and help change, and that's what you're doing. And it's not so just – and it's start. not – when I say like me, I don't mean me. I mean like us. Like yeah, the whole network. The whole, the whole organization, and that so, includes people who have donated. That includes people who – like have just you know comp have left a comment on our Instagram page or liked a picture. Like everyone is incorporated in that. Like if you made a donation, if you've done anything to help us, you know, reach our mission, then yeah. you're included in everything that I just so said. So how many people do you have in the core of the company? I'd say about I want to say like eight to ten. Um, so we have me. Uh, we have our secretary. We have our vice president. Um, we have our treasurer, we have our, um, head of business affairs. So there's like eight to 10 people. So when you first started, you were planning on having other people in that business with you. It was just like, I'm going to do this, post on Instagram and see what I got. Now you're like, you know what? Like, this is legit. We can help people. So like I, like I said, it just started as, I just wanted to help people. Like that's genuinely what I wanted to do. Right. I know some people seen it and they were like, oh, he's just trying to like look like a good person for Instagram. Like, nah, man, I never, any attention or any yeah. like notoriety or any like, hey, look at me stuff that like you see on like social media. I didn't ask for any of that. Like I didn't ask yeah. for, I, like anyone who knows who was with me from the beginning knows that I just genuinely wanted to help people. That's it. I just wanted to yeah. show people that this was possible. It wasn't until someone came to me and said, Hey, you need to start thinking of this as like a business and you need to start thinking of this as like a nonprofit organization. That was until that wasn't until that moment until I said, like, all right, let's get this formally yeah. structured and, and do something with it. I thought you know you're doing great because you know there's so many like when I first saw Teach One Feed One, I didn't know it was you. Mm-hmm. I thought it was one of these other charities on, on Instagram that's 
just trying to make a name for themselves, doesn't really care. Yeah. And as soon as I knew it was you, I was like, I know this dude's legit. I started talking to you about it more. Mm-hmm. I started seeing what you're doing more, and you are, man. You're doing great things. And like Thank you me. said, you're not just doing it for that. No. You don't care about who no, tells yeah, you. Yeah, you, you, don't, you, you don't care about the yeah. popularity and stuff no. like that. It's actually you're actually on a mission that you want to do. Mm-hmm. You want to be out there helping people and changing someone's future. Right. You know, I have a couple of my family members that dealt with addiction. I'm sure, like, if they had someone like you in it, they'd be in a way different situation than they are now. And just to know that you're out there helping people that are like that, it's awesome. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying to help you out more, too, now, just because seeing what you're doing. And it's awesome, man, because... Now I'm going through life and I'm not thinking it's just me, me, me. I'm thinking about all my actions, how they're going to affect other people. Exactly. And I never used to think like that. I wasn't the type of person that was going to be an asshole and go out there and try and make my name off someone else. But, you know, sometimes you do things and you're like, eh, well, it might hurt them. Who cares? Now it's like I make sure I watch what I do because I don't want to hurt someone else, even though it's not related to that. But in general, in our society, so I'm trying to make every action I do have a positive reaction on everyone else around and a lot of people don't think that way anymore either they think uh yay for me with everyone else and and you just saying that so you saying you know i'm glad you started doing this because i have family who have stuff that right there is like one of the main reasons why i do this and one of the best compliments i can get as well is because people like i said there's a stigma attached with it and people don't want to come out and say like people are ashamed to come out and say like hey my mom's an addict or hey my mom's an alcoholic or hey i have family my brother's an alcoholic, but for you to see what we're doing and say, like, listen, that's pretty cool what he's trying to do, and that's pretty cool that he's trying to yeah. get rid of the stigma attached with addiction, and you saying that is the Absolutely. only way that the problem is going to get yeah. better is because you're you're coming out and you're you know you're saying it, and if you don't talk about it, then no one's going to reach out yeah. and help you. So I agree. That's and on top of that, I mean, how many awesome people out there do you, you think come say don't come out and ask for help? They don't. No one wants to come out and ask for help because it's ext- it's embarrassing, you know. It's yeah. it, and I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm doing my best to you know uh, get rid of that, but it's it's embarrassing to come out and say like, hey, you know, uh, you know, I have a problem, um, you know, I need help. And people, you know, it's people who are prideful, like you know, man, yeah. it, it you know it, it hurts your pride to come out and sure. say like, hey, I need help and I'm struggling and. This is bigger than me. Um, I'm not strong enough to take this on by myself. Yeah. And no one is strong enough to take it on by themselves. But, you know, you just saying that is what I hope It's a lot of people can It's because, like, we talked about in our last episode, Brian, uh, when my dad was sick, I didn't want to I didn't want to tell anyone about it because I was shameful because I thought people would judge his sickness being on me. And, like, now seeing what you're doing and seeing, like, you know, you got to come out and you got to talk about it, and that's the only way to beat it. Mm-hmm. And I, I relate there, too, because so many people, they don't talk about their problems. They don't talk about their addictions or their little things because they, they feel like people are going to judge them. Mm-hmm. But once you get over that fear of being judged and you attack that problem head on, that's the only way to get through it. And you fear and that's that what you're people doing. are judging you for your past. You fear that people are out there judging you for your parents' past and everything like that. But that's not that's not the situation. Yeah. Until and if more people point, come out. Right. I don't mean to cut you off until you get to the point where this is, you know, socially acceptable. Like, hey, you know, um, you're comfortable with telling, you know, the next person like, yeah, man, uh, my mom suffers from addiction. You know, until it gets to the point where it's socially acceptable to have those conversations with people. It's hard. It's It's not it's not going to get. Yeah, like you said, no one wants to put their pride online, but sometimes you got to. Sometimes you have to. And that's like that's how you get through it. Like Mm -hmm. we always say, like, it's not it's a wall. If you keep beating it, keep beating it. It's not going to go nowhere. It's, It's not like. You know, back in the day when our parents were younger, it was like I said, the image of an addict or alcoholic has completely shifted. It's not the old guy with no teeth standing outside of a bar with a brown paper. That's not the image anymore. It's people who are young, 16, 18, 19, 20 years. These are young kids that are suffering from this. And these are people who need help and and they're young and they're, you know, like I said, they're White kids, black kids, Spanish yeah, kids, they're, it's everybody. And it's it not, doesn't just affect one race. It goes it doesn't throughout just affect, the whole world. Yeah, it goes, it goes throughout the whole world, and it's and, and yeah. it's young I, people. I like the fact that you're helping people out, no matter what they are, age, anything. Because in today's society, people, yeah. they just, on one side or the other, it's like, we're all one. Right. And for you, for you to be helping everybody and mm-hmm. trying to get them over what you went through, it's huge. I'm a huge advocate of that. It is. Huge, huge so, advocate of that. You said like when you first dealt with it, it was kind of like a stress. You you let the stress go, so you did the drugs. But now that you're not doing them, mm-hmm. what do you use for stress to get to help you keep keep afloat? So uh, you know, fitness, 
is definitely um, a huge aspect. <laughs> I use yeah. that as uh, among many other things. Among many other things, um, I wake up. The first thing I do is I'm not perfect. Sometimes I forget. Sometimes um, you know I don't do it until like I remember halfway through the day. But I try and wake up and I take five minutes to just pray. I'm not a religious, a really religious person, but I'm a spiritual person. So I just, yeah. you know, want to thank um, whatever is upstairs, you know, whatever it is. I believe that there is something greater than myself. I just want to thank them for, um, you know, me being here and my health and let them know that I'm appreciative for things that I have in my life today. Um, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah. I think that's awesome to do. I uh, ground, it kind of grounds yeah. me. It keeps yeah, me when grounded. I first started with uh, First Form, you know, one thing Andy Fussell says is, is exactly what you just said. He would take five minutes out of every single day mm -hmm. just to remind himself what he's grateful for and what he has, what he's been through, what he has going forward. And like you said, it grounds you and it makes you realize like how thankful you have to be because yeah. some people aren't in that situation. So I, I try and say five things. So I'll say a little prayer and then I'll try and say five things that I'm grateful for. So it might be something small like um, I'm grateful that I get to sleep in a bed tonight because, yeah. you know. I don't know if you guys have never been to rehab, but those beds suck. <laughs> it's like a little cot. <laughs> those beds suck, man. I, yeah. enough. I've never been in one, I, but I've I'm grateful, grateful that I get to have, you know, a yeah. hot meal. Or it might be something like, usually it's something like, I'm grateful that I'm in a position to be able to help other people. I'm grateful that yeah. I have my health. I'm grateful that I have family that were able to guide me and put me in a position that I'm in today. So I try and do that. Fitness is another huge one. So um, fitness is my way to kind of just get away for five minutes. Um, sometimes to be completely honest, yeah. when I go to the gym, I, I get a million text messages. Like when I'm at the gym, I wish I could just put my phone on airplane mode <laughs> to be completely well, honest. Well, they're good text messages. We talk about this all the time. Put your phone down when you're working out. Yeah. But it's different guys. When you're actually getting text messages, that's going to help you help people out. Yeah. That's perfectly fine, man. That's yeah. cool. You know? So, yeah. so it's good text messages. So it's, uh, it's, you know, guy, yeah. it's, 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 it's hard sometimes. Yeah. I wish, well, I remember when we worked out together, you know, you were on your phone. Yeah. And you're like, my bad. I'm like, dude, you're good, man. Like, it's not like you're over there doing the ad machine for two hours, you know, on your phone for an hour. Exactly. Shit. Like, exactly. you're doing stuff. That's, that's cool. It's fun. So it's my way to get away. Um, it's my form of meditation. Because um, people think that meditation has to be yeah. like, um, you know, you sitting in, you know, pretzel yeah, style yeah. with your fingers <laughs> up. It doesn't have to be that. Yeah. Meditation is just you alone with your thoughts. Yeah. For an extended, you know, or a certain oh, amount of time. I do the same thing, man. Like, we talk about, I had anger issues when I was I used to throw shit. I used to try and fight people. <laughs> and when I started going to the gym, dude, I was just like, I just tried to see how strong I was. Like, mm -hmm. It was my meditation. Exactly. It just so, clears the mind. It yeah, clears my mind. It helps so much. It's me alone with the weights. It's me alone with myself and my own thoughts for, you know, an hour, hour yeah, and, and a half. Long, yeah. And it helps me, you know, physically I feel good. You know, mentally I feel better. Um, and I'm just ready to attack the day yeah. and, and do what I have to do after I come from the gym. Exactly. So uh, since you used fitness to get over that, um, how did it feel doing your first bodybuilding show? It was it was an experience. Yeah. <laughs> it was did a crazy experience. You never thought you would do that. Never thought. Where you were and never, then you did a bodybuilding show and killed it. Dude. Never thought I would, I would do that. That was actually so. I got out of treatment in uh, April. And I... Did my first bodybuilding competition in October, I think, pretty much April, May, that's June, crazy. July, August, September, October. So that's six months in between, which is crazy. It's crazy. Which means yeah. I started the prep Dude, like four amazing. months. What made you like want to do that? Because you're going from one end of the spectrum mm -hmm. to, to complete completely other. disciplined on yeah. the other side. Yeah. And it's like, dude, I, I've been talking about doing one forever. And it's like, I can't even do it. I don't have those issues going on with my life. Yeah. And it's like, I couldn't do it. So what did it take for you to? Just say, fuck it, I'm doing it. And just, like, um, kill it. It wasn't even me, to be honest with you. I went to uh, one of um, Adam and Sean, um, who are the co-owners of uh, Calhoun Athletic Company. I went to one of their workouts. Um, and I had met Adam for the first yeah. time. Um, and, you know, I went to a couple workouts. Went to, you know, three or four workouts. And he, he said, listen, man, uh, I think you should think about doing a bodybuilding competition. Uh and I was like, never <laughs> you're like, dude, you know where I'm coming from? Yeah, like, that's, a little, that's a little crazy. I don't know. Look, I was in rehab a month ago. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. even know what that entails. Yeah. Like, uh, what would I have to do for that? And he was like, oh, you have to do this and that. Da, 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 da. And I was like, I gave it some thought. I was like, ah, you know, maybe I gave it some thought. And then I texted him a, a week or two later. And I was like, listen, let's sit down and talk about it. 
we sat down, we talked about it at uh, Panera Bread, um, and then from there we did it. So we uh, yeah. I don't know if you guys know, process. like going through a bodybuilding prep for your crazy. first time is so hard because Brutal. you have to be dialing everything you eat, mm-hmm. and like you said, like your body, you don't know what your body reacts to differently. Exactly. So for you to go from rehab to stage in six months is absolutely amazing, dude. It was now, brutal. do you think that uh, the whole bodybuilding thing actually helped you more in the recovery aspect? I think, in a sense, it does, absolutely. So it, it, it takes extreme discipline to be able to do a uh, bodybuilding competition because um, you want something and you can't have it. So, like, you get hungry. When you're hungry, you, you want to eat. So you can put, like, you come home. I want the McNuggets. And, uh, exactly. Yeah. You're hungry. Those damn nuggets. <laughs> we got to yeah. help them out of You drive past, you know, McDonald's. Or you drive past, not even McDonald's, but something as simple as, like, you know, pasta. Or, you know, something yeah. that's not even as bad for you as McDonald's. And you know you can't have it. But you're hungry. So your mind is telling you, your body is telling you to eat, and you're looking at something and you know that you physically can't. Have. That takes discipline to be able to yeah. to look at something and want it and be physically. So how did it go from being like the rehab where you weren't going to be disciplined, mm-hmm. you really weren't because you know you kept going back and forth. But now you're like, yo, I'm like fully commit to this, and it's like that's it. Was, a, it was tough. Definitely was, helped you learn. Yeah, it was tough, but it was a uh, it was definitely you know a crazy learning experience and. Um, it was a good experience. It was something I'm, gl- I'm glad that I did, and you know, it's something. Six that months I, out of rehab, you come in third place in a bodybuilding show. Yeah, it was pretty it's crazy. Pretty good, dude. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, you know, crazy. Uh, you think that inspires anyone else now? Um, just the aspect of if he can do it, I can do it. If if this guy's yeah. been through this, if he's been to treatment nine times, if he's you know been through everything that he's been through, um, and he can come out of it and and do a bodybuilding competition where he can put himself through that kind of discipline and I haven't been through half of what he's been through, then I know that I have a good chance at, at being successful, and I have a good chance yeah. at, at getting clean. Honestly, I've been talking about doing a bodybuilding show forever. I'm not really a bodybuilding guy. I'm more like a powerlifter type of guy. Right. But you know, a lot of people have talked to me about doing that, and seeing you do your first show, it has, I've been thinking about doing one since. Mm-hmm. So my first show is going to be because you did one. Nice. So just know... <laughs> not only are you helping people on the streets and helping them get better, but you're also helping people in the fitness world like myself. It's awesome yeah, I'll do one like probably two years after you do your first one. You do a powerlifting show with me. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. No, that, the physique's not there it's, yet. <laughs> it's like look at your life where you were ten years ago and look where you are now. You're inspiring people in all different facets yeah. of the world. And it's very, it's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's touching. Awesome. I mean, from the first moment I heard about Teach One Feed One, it's just like. At first, I didn't know what it was about. Mm-hmm. Saw you working hand in hand with a, like you said, Calhoun Athletic Company and everything with the the first five K and all that other fun stuff. And then from there, I was doing more re- more and more research yeah. on it. I'm sitting on, wow, what can we do to actually help out on this? Yeah, awesome. you know. So you said five K. So I want to tell people about the five K and how like you incorporated like Calhoun Athletic Company in and the fitness, and you did that to help other people. Okay, so yeah, it was something that they it was all their idea. To be honest with you, they said, listen. Um, we had been working with each other, um, you know, and, and, you know, little jobs and little, little odd jobs that we were yeah. thinking of and coming up with. Um, and this was at the time that I was training with them for the bodybuilding competition. So at this time I was seeing them like every day, like I was at their house or working yeah. out with that one of them every day, mostly Adam, but, um, one of the two of them every day. And, you know, it was something that they approached me about one day, they said, Hey, we've been thinking about this idea and we really want to run it by you. And I was like, what's that? And they said, we want to. We love what you're doing with Teach One Feed One, talking to you um, every day and, you know, asking you about your goal and your, your vision, what you eventually want to do with this, um, what, it, what your end goal is. Like, we, we couldn't be more behind you, man. Like, we're, we're behind you a thousand percent. What we want to do is we want to have a 5K and we want the, the beneficiaries to be your company. Um, and at first I was like, yeah, it's awesome. I, I was like, wow, I was blown away. I was like, listen, <laughs> first of all, yes, let's do it. And <laughs> yeah. Second of all, like. You know, I'm honored, to be completely yeah. honest with you, I'm honored that you would even think of me to put me, you know, to think of me to, you know, to do something like that with you guys. So. That's awesome. Yeah. So I remember seeing all the pictures of people running, donating, and some people you didn't even know. Mm-hmm. So like you said, you're, you're bringing in all these people from all over mm-hmm. just to help your cause. Mm-hmm. And when you grow, it's only going to get better, man. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was awesome, man. So now you're, now you got a couple corporate sponsors going on. Mm-hmm. How does that work out for you? How does it feel getting them 
big it, companies to back you up. It feels good, man. It feels good. So basically, we're just starting out, starting out small. The main idea of it is to really just get my get our name out there and have people know who we are. So people in like Raymore and Flanagan is in Jenkintown. Orange Theory is in Bluebell. St. Angelo's Cafe is in Norristown. Um, Prime Intensity Training is in Conshohocken. Um, and then Roseanne's Hair Studio is in Phoenixville. People from oh. all over that can just come in, even if they don't donate, even if they don't make a donation, they just see, oh, teach one, feed one. What do they do? They read the little paper. Our mission is to do this, this, that. Oh, that's pretty cool. You know what I mean? That next time, it's supplanted in their mind. So next time they hear about us, hey, yeah. I heard about this company, Teach One Feed One. They do, oh, yeah, I've seen them in Roseanne's Hair Studio. I know exactly what they do. So that's the main idea behind it. But the secondary idea behind it is, you know, we have two options where right now I give, um, you know, I approach corporate companies with, um, and, you know, one of the options is they can be a silent contributor where basically they would just, um, you know, come up, you know, amongst themselves with a, uh, an amount of their choosing, which they would want to, you know, commit to a monthly donation. Mm -hmm. So on the website, we have the avail availability where if you make a donation, you can uh, check a box and it'll make it a monthly donation. So they can just commit to, let's just say it's um, BKO Fitness. They, they can commit to a $25 donation a month and every month it'll just come out $25. Or if they don't want to do that, they can be a contributor where uh, very similar to Wawa, where you go into Wawa and you see the the box, whatever it says, you know, Cancer Society yeah. or, uh, you know, Boys and Girls Club of America. I don't know what it says in Wawa, but they always have a box right next to the cash register where people can leave donations. Uh, we have a box that we give them uh, with a, you know, a write-up of our mission and our picture um, and, you know, little things that we offer where people can read and say, hey, you know, that's cool. You know, my son suffers from addiction or whatever the case may be, and they can leave a donation there as well. So, that's um, awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. Making big moves. I like I'm it. Trying. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, the more you get into them, the more you're going to help more people. Like you said, you don't care about getting popular. No. But once you get more popular, you're going to be able to help more people out. And, and, and that, any, that's the goal. Yeah, right. I don't, and, and anyone who really looks at it that way is, you know, I'm not here to, to bad now. Yeah. It's just shame on them, um, yeah. to be honest with you, because, I mean, we're helping people. So, um, I mean, I don't know how you can look at that in a negative way. Like we're we're helping people and we're trying mm -hmm. to, you know, ignite, you know, the process of, you know, uh, people believing in themselves once again and, and restoring their lives. Oh, yeah. So where do you see the uh, the organization going to in like the next three, four years? In the next three to four years? So, um, hmm. Like do I, you have any like really big goals for it? I do. I do. So Yeah, you were talking about like your end goal. Mm -hmm. So what is your end vision here? Like what do you want to ultimately grow to? Okay, so among many other things um, that I want to do, because I have like, I've got so many, I've got laws that I want to get passed. I've got, I've got things that I want to incorporate in so many different ways. But to to stay on track, um, I would say the end vision would be, I want to eventually be able to supply an outlet to those suffering from addiction or alcoholism, um, with or without insurance, that can, uh, you know, come to us and allow us to get them into treatment. So. Um, whatever they are missing, um, whatever they need, whatever, um, you know, another company or another insurance company won't do for them. So, Hey, we can't get you into treatment because you don't have the funding or we can't get you into treatment because you don't have insurance. We can't yeah. get you into treatment because you don't have this or that come to us and allow us to figure it out for you. And we'll do whatever we need to do to get you into treatment. Like we'll make all the necessary calls and all the necessary, um, give you all the necessary resources to get you into treatment um, and have like a building where people can come and, and have us do that for them. And also provide an outlet for people getting out of treatment to come to us and allow us to give them a better um, opportunity at staying sober. So when you get out of treatment, it's very similar to, it's very similar to jail when you get out of treatment. So you're kind of like, Hey, good luck. You're kind of like, Hey, good luck. You're done. Your they treatment. have no guidance anywhere. Well, there, there, there are some. So there's some like a programs. It's called intensive outpatient, which is what you're supposed to do when you get out of treatment. And what that is is it's kind of like you're not in rehab anymore, but you still go to group like three or four times a week for like an hour a day, and it kind of like helps you transition into society a little bit easier. But there's really like no outlets for people who don't have support. So people who have been through a lot and they've been to treatment. There's people who've been to treatment 20, 30 times, and their family has just given up on them because they're just like, listen. You obviously don't want to do better. You're not listening to us. We we can't help you anymore. So people in that position are people who need, you know, help. They get out of treatment. They have no 
like this most recent time when I got out of treatment, I had no cell phone. I had zero dot. Like my bank account was negative. Like, you know, um, luckily I had family to support me and help me, you know, get back on my feet. But some people don't have that. Like, they're just like, they have no money. They have no car. They have no phone. They have nothing. And they're just put into society and they're asked to like succeed. And it's like, how do I like, if you want me to get a job, how am I supposed to get to a job interview? Like, I don't have. You want me to take a, a bus? I don't have money for the bus. So what am I supposed to do? And then that's when they eventually were just like, well, listen, what am I even doing this for? And they just relapsed. They get hot because what's the point of even trying to get clean? I can't get clean. I, I have no resources to do better. I want to help those people out. Come to us. We'll help you. We'll get you to the job interview. We'll get you home from the job interview. We'll give you some, you know, temporary, you know, funds to get what you need, um, you know, in the time that you're looking for a job. We'll give you... Um, you know, vouchers or yeah. whatever it is to go get a haircut for a job interview. If you need interview attire, we have interview attire here. If you need um, interview prep classes, like we'll have people at the, you know, at the building that can help you prep for interviews. We'll give you um, uh, people who have back people who have like criminal backgrounds. So most people who are addicts have gotten some kind of charge because they've done something stupid to get drugs. So they've stolen from something or they somewhere, they've stolen from somebody. They've done something that was really dumb that they know that they shouldn't have done, but they did it anyway because they, you know, they were going through withdrawal and they needed to get, you know, um, they needed to get through the day. So they made a mistake. People with criminal backgrounds, like we'll have a, um, you know, a, um, not a course, but, you know, kind of like a, uh, a, a place where people with criminal backgrounds can come and we can help them, you know, get into the job uh, get into you know the job field again and, and and help them find jobs that accept criminals and things of that nature. Just to just to, with the end goal being help people have a better opportunity at staying clean. I like that man. That's awesome. Now like you can also go to people and they can come to you. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. You know I actually have seen like a TV show of people doing something like that. Right. And it was a TV show, so it means they didn't give a fuck. Right. Yeah. And for you to actually have the goal to kind of do what other people are doing for money, big money on TV shows. And you're doing it just to actually legit help people. Mm-hmm. You should be proud of yourself for doing that, man. Thank you. You should because there's so many people out there that are in situations like you and they don't know where to go. Right. Now, like for you to reach out and help them out, it might take a little while, but it's going to change a lot. It's going to help a lot. So, I hope so. I yeah. really hope so. And look how far you've come yeah. already. And it's only been a short time. Yeah. So you keep doing it. And like we always say, you know, it takes time. You got to keep doing it, keep doing it. And you keep doing it for a good cause, man. Like we just talked about before the podcast, you might have people down in Florida coming out of your out now. Exactly. You know, you can figure out something like that, and just even have that a thought to have that happen. Yeah, it's pretty cool because yeah. Yeah, cause not only is it in PA, now it's growing like statewide. Yeah, yeah. So you're eventually just keep doing what you're doing, man. You know, you're helping so many people, and right. Like, like I said, even though you're not helping me and him get over an addiction, right? You're helping me become a better person just from seeing what you're doing. Right. It's making me be better. That's awesome. That's awesome. You figure for yeah. every one negative thing out there, you have three, four, maybe even five positive things come out. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, there's always going to be a naysayer out there, but yeah. they also, they don't have the faith. They don't have the ability to figure out what is their next step. Right. Because they're still in that dark spot. Yeah. You faced your dark fa- uh, space. You got out of it. And now you're trying to get everyone else on back on track, which is an amazing process. Thank you. It's definitely you're definitely inspiring, man. Thank you. I because, it. like I said, when I first saw your company, I didn't know it was you. Mm-hmm. I thought it was someone just getting money. Yeah. Then once I actually saw who it was, it was you. I knew who you were. I saw what you were actually doing, and immediately changed my perspective on your company because I knew like, like you mean what you say. Yeah. And like you said, you when you originally were in the dark spot, and you wanted to change. You did it. Right. And so. To see you helping people trying to do the same thing, it's it's awesome. Thank you, I appreciate you're it. Thank it you. was definitely an honor to have you on here. Thank and, you. You know, um, being our first guest, having someone like you who helps people, could have been better. You know, um, definitely is. I mean, I I know I speak for myself. I don't know about you, Bob, but down the line, be more than willing to bring them back again to see where yeah, each one feed one has gone to. It'd be absolutely. an honor to come back. And like we talked about before, I'm not corporate, but I'm definitely. We want to figure out some ways how BKO can help you out. Okay. What you're doing is awesome. Thank and you. Like Adam and them said, I'm 1,000% behind you. I'm sure Brian Same. is as well. Let so us as, know if you need anything, yeah. and 
we'll be there. Awesome. As I continue to grow, you know, I want to help you grow as well, and I want to support you. So anything we can do to help you out, we're gonna try and do it. I appreciate that. So let's let's help you grow, man. Kick more. Awesome. Um, before you leave, let everybody know about your bingo competition you got going on. Okay, so, so yeah, maybe get some people coming. So this month, this upcoming Monday, um, it's going to be at Da Vinci's Pub. Um, it's going to be February twenty fifth. So that is seven days from now, um, or six, or whatever math you want to do. It's next Monday um, at Da Vinci's Pub. We're going to be having a uh, a bingo night where people can come out. Uh, 217 East Main Street in Collegeville, Pennsylvania, Da Vinci's Pub. From 7 to 9 p.m., people can come out and play bingo um, with the uh, proceeds going towards Teach One, Feed One, our organization. Um, so once again, that's from 7 to 9 at Da Vinci's Pub in Collegeville, 217 East Main Street, um, Monday. Uh, come out, play bingo, bring your kids, bring your family, bring whoever you want. If you can't make it, tell someone who can make it. Um, it's for a good cause. You can have fun. Um, we'll be there. Um, and we can answer any questions that you might have. If you want to talk about something, I'll be more than willing to talk to you before, after, or during. Um, and you know, we can play bingo as well. So, yeah. So like you said, the address is on there for him on Monday. I'm going to post that to my page as well. I'll and also post You guys got to follow him on Instagram. It's teach one, feed one. Check out his website at www t1feed1.com he's going to have all his information up on there you guys can also make a donation through him and the last two weeks we were doing a giveaway anyone who donated to him through us is going to get a prize so I'm going to announce that right after I release this awesome. so you know, um, check him out, check us out to see all the information we got from him And got anything else Brian? No that's about it I mean guys support a, support a good cause and Teach one, feed one is a good one. Yeah, like we always say, you know, if you want to see change in the world, you got starting yourself, and that's what this guy's doing. And and now he's changing the aspect to everyone else. Yeah, so join in, help him out, you know, because not only are you helping him, you're helping us, you're helping our whole society out, and it's going for a good cause. So like we said again, start now, teach one, feed one. Make sure you guys check him out. Have a heart, have some passion. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Feener. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Good job, man. It's awesome.